0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done
0: i'm Diosa. and i'm mala we're the creators of locatora radio a radiophonic novela which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast welcome to locatora radio season 9 love, love at first listen, listen. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. TJ definitely now doubting Thomas in Cleveland. TJ. The Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And, oh, boy. We'll have more on the Julian Edelman likely torn anterior cruciate ligament coming up later on this hour on the show. A big blow to the Patriots. Suffered tonight against the Detroit Lions in the preseason. Spencer Ware also hurt uh, in the Chiefs game. But now... We have to postpone talking about Mayweather and McGregor because of this absolute bombshell that has just come our way in the NBA. But first, I want to tell you, dating can be difficult. So if you're not using Match, you're missing out, start searching and connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H.com. The one thing you can't do on Match.com right now, apparently, is match Kyrie Irving with the Celtics and Isaiah
1: Thomas with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Suddenly torn asunder. We got to get that back together. We got to match it back up. ESPN NBA
2: insider Adrian Wojnarowski, and there's no better full insider in the business than Woj. A Woj bomb hitting Friday night at 11.15 p.m. on the East Coast. The Kyrie Irving-Isaiah Thomas trade is now... In Jeopardy, the deal that was agreed to earlier this week, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, you had Road, first-round pick, going to Cleveland in exchange for Kyrie Irving. Adrian Wojnarowski tweets out, moments ago, after Isaiah Thomas underwent his physical today, the Cavaliers are evaluating his injured hip and weighing options with completion of the Irving deal. Thomas traveled to Cleveland, took an exam, flew back out of town. All players have to pass the physical or the deal can be voided. As one source involved in the process told Woj on Friday night, quote, it's a very sensitive situation. So again, here's Isaiah Thomas. We knew he had the bad hit. They sat him out the last couple of games of the NBA playoffs against, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavaliers, and something we'll return to in a second. And now he goes to pass the physical, and there's difficulty with the physical. There's difficulty now with the Cavaliers accepting that Isaiah Thomas is going to be healthy enough for them to complete this Kyrie Irving deal. So now you can say, with the Cavaliers weighing what to do next, this deal is now up in the air. So many things have passed. So many things have been said. So many jerseys have been burnt. Uh, it's, It's hard to go back. But I need to go back and say I was wrong. I have to say I was wrong. I'm one of those guys, Mike. I don't mind saying when I was wrong, and I was wrong. Well, in the I end, they
1: did their due diligence. No, I was wrong. No, but they they've um, gone through the process. But you wrong. still got to go through the physical. You still got to go and get clearance, and they didn't get their clearance. Clearance. Nope. I, so now we have Roger. This, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? <laughs> this situation that now develops. And we talked about it at the time. That did you need Isaiah Thomas to be ready for October seventeenth? or even Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. Not necessarily in the Eastern Conference. Now, you want to play home court advantage. That's a whole other animal to discuss. But just in general, in terms of your playoff life and your ability to compete for the conference championship, you didn't need him right away. So anything on the physical that said, hey, we've got to delay and pull back on his rehab efforts wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker. And That's why that number one pick was so paramount to getting this thing done was, all right, we we got to kick this up a a little bit more to make this make sense, and it's a bit of protection if he's slow to get back. Now, obviously, you go through the paces. This means he's far worse off in terms of those rehabilitation efforts, at least from this report from Adrian Wojnarowski uh, at this hour on a Friday night into Saturday morning on the East Coast. So now you have the uncomfortable position, should this get shuttered altogether, of all right, we have Kyrie Irving back. Now, what do we do? And that's the fun part, isn't it? Doesn't that make it a delicious equation for the NBA to continue to rule what should be football season? I still was wrong, though.
2: I mean, I get it. I get you. You you coming out and 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 saying I got to caveat it out are. for but, you, though, buddy. But buddy, I was wrong. I was wrong because when we talked about Isaiah Thomas's hip, I said, "Come on." The Cleveland Cavaliers are a professional basketball organization. They're not gonna trade for a guy if his hip is that bad. They're just not gonna do it. They're not who's gonna do no team. It's the Cavaliers. They're not gonna make that trade. I was wrong. R- r- I'm like Fonzie. Listen, r- r- you're getting wrong. a Fonzie I, reference out. I was nice. wrong in thinking that the Cavaliers were a legitimate NBA organization that would make a trade for somebody, and you know, have something buttoned down like oh Isaiah Thomas's is hip before they make the deal. I was wrong. I I gave them too much credit. I was wrong.
1: No, so that's the the interesting part though is the scenario by which you go through the paces of, of the physical. And what reports were you working off in, in consummating the deal? Mm. Was it just merely the Kyrie's got to go, and on paper this name looks good and the numbers match up, and and we we think based on all right, even if he's eighty five percent of what he was this year, I mean I, now you want to get into the thought process if legitimately he can't pass a physical, if I if he can't, the deal's off. If he can't pass, right? The no, physical, but but I'm just saying, that's like, it. but I like I like, know. but you want to know-
2: Phil Jackson, <laughs> wake up, Phil! Kyrie's coming. See, now, to
1: now you want to go back to that? And right off. Oh, Look, they, did they didn't. Have have Car- Car- New York right now. But they didn't have Carmelo on their their ticket literature. How oh, about that? Oh yeah, no. How about that? Right
2: now, Paul Revere is running through Knicks offices, going, "Wake up, Isaiah Thomas might not pass his physical," and he's got a lantern in his hand. He's running from office to office. Wake up, wake up, James Dolan, and James Dolan has just got the headphones plugged in his ear and he's playing guitar, going, "I don't care, man. I don't care. Get him, don't get him. Yeah, I don't care."
1: This but but is this is big. it. Did you did you believe the people that were working with Isaiah Thomas? Did you go through the Celtics doc? Did you do enough, They didn't do enough, no. apparently. But, but and, and that's the is, question but, I'm asking in terms of the due diligence. Is, I, to get to that point in the trade, you would have assumed, as you did, that you at least crossed off a bunch of boxes. Sure, you've got to go through the formality of the full physical and whatever of the physical tasks and hurdles that have to be cleared there for final approval of the deal. But I want to know who they, whose word they were taking on the other side, when people around us say, "Ah, he's going to be good. He's good. We're getting there." And it's his personal physician, it's a trainer that he's working out with. Whereas it was the Celtics team of doctors and physicians and and assistant staff there, their training staff? Is that whose word they took? Where where in this line of communication did did the breakdown occur, or again was it simply? All right, this is untenable. LeBron is unhappy. We got to make sure we keep him at least where Cleveland's one of the magic doors he can select when he does a game show next summer by getting Kyrie out the door tomorrow. But here's here's the
2: here's the thing, and and this is this is where it gets back to with all the questions you just had. You you asked about four questions. I and did. You did. And you and, did. You're, and, I, and you're, we're we're just reacting. No, no, no. You're this is hot off the press, and, and, I, and we're I, getting after. And it. I can answer this for you. Is that. How this comes, and this is where the Cavaliers really look like a rinky-dink team. I understand that the Kyrie Irving trade is, is very hot-button, wondering what was going to happen, where he was going to go. Trying to get it to an end, sure. When you deal for a guy, when you make a trade for somebody, and it's Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, it's a very big deal. And when you have a guy that's coming off a hip injury, this is where you say, okay, instead of splashing it and doing it, it's okay, we're going to do this trade, as long as Isaiah Thomas completes a physical. And that's how this story gets out. Not, here's a trade it's agreed to, it's done, and now here's three days later a trade, and now you have to do it over again. And and everybody looks bad, and players have to go back to their old teams, when it's been gone, 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 and now you've had to hear the stories. Chris Broussard's reports and yeah, some Celtics players didn't like Isaiah Thomas. Now Isaiah Thomas may have to go back to the Celtics, and they're going to be like, dude, no, we've always loved you, man. What are you talking about, man? I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. Kyrie's got to go back to Cleveland, and they have to figure out something else. Knicks, this is awful. How the Cavaliers, and that's how you do it. When you're dealing with a superstar situation, how do you not say, look, we'll agree to it. But we have to give him a physical. Whether it's we fly our doctors to Boston under cover of night. No, but that's just it. Even with all the
1: insiders, and, you can get and that done.
2: You, hey, we're going to fly our doctors there, and we're going to look at his hip. And if we like his hip, his hip checks out
1: fine, that's the trick. But, I mean, we're, you we're can we're put a wig duo. and a mustache Anything. on and glasses yes. like they did Brad Pitt mean- in Ocean's <laughs> 11, and nobody would know it was your team doctor. Ah! <laughs> It's a guy with a briefcase.
2: And you could have Scott Kahn and, and, and Casey Affleck yelling at each other while everybody Casey runs Affleck's around Casey Affleck's
1: not working for that money
2: anymore. No, no that, yeah, he, he did that one for scale. And, yeah. and Kahn's that's been not... making a
1: lot of money on Hawaii Five-0. He's not doing that either.
2: Well, now there's more money because they got rid of the other guys off of uh, Hawaii Five-0. But that's how you do it. That's how a professional organization does a trade. When you're making a deal like that and there's a health situation, I mean, really, that's it? I mean, look, I understand the whole fantasy part of it. That's oh well, we can make this trade and it's awesome and it's so much more than we'd ever get. And I get that. And I said I'm rolling. Well, that's why you pressed I'm that sorry button for giving them too much credit as a professional organization. But there's many ways to get around. There's many ways. to Say okay, we'll do it, but we got to make sure his hip is okay. Do you want to fly him here? Do you want us to come there? What? And then we can announce. We, uh, let's well let's wait 16 hours and we'll put our guys on a plane now. Look at it and then we can go. That's how we have to do it there's many ways you could have done this. There's many ways he could have been anything else. But you make the trade and now everybody looks bad? This is three days later. This is three days ago this trade was.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m.
2: Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. A Woj Bomb Friday. And this is the first time we've had news not involving Florida State or the Mets at this hour of the night. During the week, you do have some Mets news Woo. that was floating oh. a little bit. Michael Conforto could be out for two years. How about that? His shoulder injury is that the bad
1: capsule, oh, which means it's if he's of. if he's
2: out for two years after swinging and dislocating his shoulder and tearing the capsule in his shoulder, means he comes back in two years now, which means he won't really contribute until twenty twenty.
1: I just didn't twenty twenty guys on the All Star, but I don't. I don't. I didn't comprehend in any way, she the that the weight of the world that was on his shoulder yeah. and that at bat in the all-star game <laughs> was going to break him. Yeah. And Oh, by the way,
2: Cespedes left with a pulled, uh, I'm well tonight. aware yeah. of that too. So, Fantasy
1: uh, uh, updates oh my blinging on my
2: phone. It just, I mean, the Mets are going to finish the season with 12 people.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, they're still going to have more wins than my white Sox. So.
2: Tebow will make his way up though. Oh, Great, he's got to be active. ready.
1: This is maybe this is the plan. I'm so excited. Everybody's
2: getting injured Let's just see, so the, the Mets 20 have no 5th, choice but to today. bring Tebow up. Are
1: we going to have a party when the rosters te- expand? Oh, yeah. We
2: ha- well, we have to. We have to have the yeah. Tebow party.
1: We can hang some banners yeah. in there and
2: get all excited. Met, look, the Mets are going methodically going through everybody in their organization, all the outfielders getting hurt, so they get down to Tebow. Now you're going to start seeing guys in AAA get injured, then double A get injured, and by this time next week, they'll be down to single A that? That's all it is. But the big Breaking story of the night. Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, NBA insider, the vertical. There's no more trusted insider in the world when it comes to a true insider in sports, really, than Woj. A Woj bomb, as Bill Walton would say, of biblical proportions. After Isaiah Thomas underwent a physical today, this is Woj on Twitter, the Cavaliers are evaluating his injured hip and weighing options with completion of the Irving trade. Thomas went to Cleveland today, took a physical, left town. All the players have to pass a physical or the trade is off. This is just the rules of the game. And as Woj said in another tweet, as one source involved said Friday night, it's a very sensitive situation. So now this trade could go either way. With his injury. And you thought Julian Edelman and his likely torn ACL was going to be the big story tonight. Now we got Kyrie and Isaiah may not happen, and suddenly the Knicks are back in play. I
1: mean, that's me projecting. But this is now an anatomy class. All right, here's the ACL. I mean, we should just have a, a video thing with the red red body parts lighting up like they do on the Sunday morning pregame shows. Oh, like, I think you going to say, like an operation, don't touch the side. And- Here goes his funny bone. <laughs> There's a picture of Julian Edelman. And- hey, you got to take out the ACL. Which is now injured, but now we got that. We got a hip injury that we need to discuss oh. and talk about that a little bit. When we when we talk to Kenny Rhoda, our guy in mm-hmm. Cleveland, uh, the earlier in the week, he was talking about having probably to have his replaced, and obviously older than than Isaiah Thomas, but still just the idea of oh, that's that's a lot of rehab, that's a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of uh, it, it's just an injury that's not a, as easy as it may seem. I ah, hope he'll be back in six months. Yeah. But is he is he back at 80%? Is this a thing where now, instead of seven more years on his career, he's got two where he can play at a 23-point-a-night mm-hmm. kind of effort? How much do you have to ease his minutes? There's a lot of different caveats to just simply, oh, he's hurt, and now this changes it. Now he's got to go back to Boston, potentially. Well, that's the thing. I, I have a to, big conspiracy
2: the theory. On Isaiah about Thomas that? coming up in a few minutes. When, and you're going to go, oh, now that is a little interesting.
1: But let's say this deal is He still is wants off. his Brink truck, Max Max
2: Super Max beep, money? Beep, beep. No, no, no. It's more conspiracy than that. I'm going back to the playoffs conspiracy. Oh, plays. okay. But let's say the deal is called off, right? And until something else happens, the players have to go back to their teams. Okay. Kyrie can go back to Cleveland. Nothing has happened in the last few days other than LeBron saying wonderful things about Kyrie Irving, getting upset that, his, that Isaiah Thomas' jerseys was being burned. like It was an epidemic even though it's one fan and LeBron just wanted to get mad at all fans. Nothing has happened that won't allow Kyrie to go back to Cleveland for now until they figure out a trade. Right? They're obviously going to have to trade him because they traded him once and now they're going to have to figure out another deal, Knicks. They're going to have to figure out what to do. Kyrie can go back to Cleveland because nothing has happened to stop it. But what's happened since Isaiah Thomas got traded? Chris Broussard had the report, stood by it last night. Came on our air and said it. Said I stand by what I reported. I talked to many executives around the league who say the Boston Celtics were not happy with Isaiah Thomas's selfish play. This was his M.O. earlier in his career, and it's kind of followed him. And he was difficult to play with. That's a hard thing to come back to. We had Kelly Olynyk, a couple of players say, "Oh, that's not true. We love Isaiah Thomas, but this is." You're saying this knowing that he's gone. Now, how does he come back after that report is out there? Because once you hear it, how can you not hear it? How can you hear Chris Broussard? Look, he talks to everybody, all right? Whatever you want, Chris Broussard talks to everybody. And uh, there's no doubt that people he's talked to in front office have said, listen, this is what I was hearing about Isaiah Thomas. Because with the trade being out there, everybody's got their ear to the ground. How do you go back? How do you go back if you're Isaiah Thomas? He can't go back to Boston. Now he's, he's got to be traded, and now you're going to have to see separate trades, or you're going to have to see Isaiah Thomas wait, have his hip heal fully, then pass a physical, and then get traded. So of all the things that happened, look, Kyrie Irving can go back and they'll find another trade. It won't be as good as this one. No, no, and this was look, the sweetheart of the deal. It, it, and now maybe the Knicks realize, oh, hey, hey, Maybe Porzingis it's for Kyrie for, is not for hey, business. How again. about yeah. that? How about that Porzingis trade now? How about that Porzingis trade? So they'll get traded, but it won't be as good of a trade. And now Boston is an absolute mess. What do we? Because now they'll have to trade Isaiah Thomas, and now there's no guarantee they would get when eventually they trade Isaiah Thomas, they would get a star player back.
1: Yeah, but here, here comes the the extra intrigue. Got it. It was Boston trying to pass pass off damaged goods in terms of saying, "Hey, he well, checked out." Now we've got a whole other... I'm glad you say that, <laughs> We've Mike got a Harmon. whole other, hey, Danny Ainge, super genius. Danny but, Ainge would but, never do like well that. But as, as you live and breathe here in the Geico studios, super genius might have been, you know, doing some of that, hey, I'm going to super glue this bumper back on your car kind of business.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Big news of the National Football League tonight. Spencer Ware leaves the game for the Chiefs. We're still awaiting official word on Spencer Ware, but the big injury news of the night, the New England Patriots. We watched earlier as Julian Edelman catching a pass early on against the Lions, making his way downfield. Suddenly his leg started to go sideways, went down in a heap. He left the field as Ian Rappaport of NFL Network tweeted out a little while ago. It is likely a torn ACL for Julian Edelman they will have further examinations tomorrow and so now the Patriots are without Edelman who's been one of their big weapons for the past few years joining us now on the hotline to break it all down when you hear Imagine Dragons or Led Zeppelin you know it is our friend (laughs) our teammate Fox Sports 1 Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider Fox Sports Deportes NFL Insider and Super Bowl Champion Brady Papinga. what's happening buddy
3: What's up guys? How we doing tonight? Everything good? Nice
1: slow Friday
3: night, Brady and no news
1: whatsoever.
3: (laughs) Oh, nothing to talk about. Not at all. No. Yeah. Nothing going on here in the NFL. Just, you know, regular old stuff. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable what's happening here in this third preseason or this third week of the preseason. Julian Edelman. I mean, my heart goes out to the guy tears his knee doing something that's essentially worthless, which is a game. I mean, it's just these dang preseason games need to end. They need to end right now. And uh, it's just, it's a travesty. I mean, these guys go out there and they put their body because this is is just to put it on the perspective for everybody. You put your body on the line, you get your, your uniform on and you got the adrenaline pumping. Like it's a real game. You go pop your knee and you come to find out it was for nothing. Whereas if at least you're playing in the regular season, you pop your knee, at least it was for something. So that's why my heart goes out to the guy. He was basically doing worthless work and popped his ACL.
2: Here's the thing, though, Brady. Look, I'm with you. As as we talked about this the other night after the Odell Beckham Jr. injury, is that in in the preseason I would play my guys one game for two and a half quarters, get them ready for the season. At some point, though, you have to realize that you know, you know you can only do so much, guy. There needs to be a preseason. You need to get ready for the season. Really? You got you got to get out. I mean, you don't need a preseason you telling me you can go right what about out college there? college football? You can go right out there? Football? Yeah, they but, and, but Brady, wait, 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 wait. Are we but, but, talking but, about
3: preseason? Are we talking about games? Well, or are we talking about practices and training leading up to games?
1: But to be fair, Brady, in, in a lot of, a lot of cases practice. for college teams, save one big showcase event, you got a lot of uh, what you might call glorified scrimmages that count on their schedules early on that are essentially preseason games for a lot of heavyweights
3: am I wrong um, Brady how many times how many times maybe we see- one maybe one I mean like Alabama and those guys they're, they've been scheduling up since the college playoffs I mean the last time I'd been, I've seen and I've experienced it a team do that was uh Oregon they were like playing nickel state to start the season off and it was a disaster I mean My producer, you know, I was doing the game there for Fox. He's like, yeah, tell us what Marcus Mariota needs to do today to win. I'm like, what? He just needs to show up. They're going to win anyway. What are we (laughs) talking about here? You know, but, I mean, it's one game. You know, that was one game. These are four games. And what people don't realize is that just as fans tend to sometimes fall into the trap, we as players do too because you, you become conditioned, especially if you play in the NFL enough to where if you go to the stadium, the lights are on, you put your uniform on, this flip switches. And it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game or a regular season game, man, you are playing just the highest possible intense level that you could imagine, because that's how you train yourself. And that's why these guys in the preseason go out there, and, you know, I mean, they get hurt. Like, it, it, it's because they're playing so intense and the and I mean it would happen. Maybe it happens during the regular season. Maybe it doesn't. But the bottom line is it happens in the preseason, and it's just worthless. It doesn't make any sense. If anything, practice. Just go out and practice. Like if if they went out and had a joint practice, and they were going at it, and Edelman would have popped his knee. You know what I said? You know it's just part of the deal. Now is that but the part of it? The fact that it's though, a worthless Brady? preseason game? That it's it's not part of the deal because it's terrible. It's fake football. Go is, ahead.
1: Is that part of it in terms of the training camps? How we've seen the proliferation of these workouts where teams are meeting ahead of a preseason game maybe that's just where we head in the process as you get towards the next cba as long as everybody can figure out how the money works
3: oh yeah i mean i think bill belichick his first game he didn't even play 40 of his guys you know, and I thought, well, that was a heck of a move. And that's because all week leading up to that preseason game, I forgot who their opponent was. I think it was the Jaguars, And I think about it. Uh, they were practiced against the Jaguars. And, I mean, that would that's perfect because in those situations, especially with the technology they have now, for example, guys, uh, the Gourmet Packers, I'm, I'm still in pretty close contact with those guys. They have a GPS system that they put on their players. And they will track their players' speed, their speed decreasing. You know, if it starts to decrease, okay, that, that gives them information. The guy's getting tired. They'll also t- t- track how, how much these guys have been running. So during practice, it's very easy to monitor those variables and adjust accordingly. If all of a sudden you got Julian Edelman running too many go routes, you know, and he's not getting the ball or anything like that, and you're looking at your GPS indicating, you're like, man, this guy's already ran a mile. And he started to get tired. You know, what? you go tell that to the coach. And most likely in a practice, the coach is going to sit him out. And that's because the coaches are out. They're integrated with the players. They're more in touch with the players. And the coaches are on the sidelines. I mean, believe it or not, guys, you basically as a coach are just like, all right. Here we go, Hayes in the barn. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Because you just, you're not as in touch with what's going out on, going out on on the field when you're on the sidelines in a game kind of situation. And and I wouldn't doubt it if Edelman just was overworked and he just, you know, Belichick just didn't, you know, have that information. And lo and behold, he goes and blows his ACL.
2: Unbelievable. But here's the thing, Brady. We're talking with Brady Papinga, Fox Sports One, Fox Sports Days, Fox Sports Radio, NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion. But here's my thing. If preseason was useless and the players didn't need to play, then many coaches would say, "I'm not playing you." Belichick would not play Tom Brady. He would not play Julian Edelman. He would just not play these guys. There's no rule that says you have to play him. So it's obvious that they need to because guys wouldn't. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't play if preseason wasn't needed. He wouldn't play at all. And Mike McCarthy would say, "You know what? You're going to sit and we'll see you in week one." I mean, you would, that that's the truth. There's no rule that says it.
3: Yeah, but the problem is, is that if you ask any one of those guys if they said, "Hey, do you need preseason games?" Now let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. Preseason games is different than the preseason. Yeah, you need an acclimation period to get your pads on, go out there, start to get some chemistry with your wide receivers and your teammates. But in get into a game setting, it is lit- It's worthless, man. I mean, you don't face the same kind of defense as you're going to face during the regular season. You don't. You don't even run the same offense. It's literally a show. It's a dog and pony show for the fans. And so you go ask any player, they're going to tell you what I just told you, which is it's worthless. But you go ask any coach, it's all about CYA, guys. And I mean, you go look at Bill Belichick, you look at Mike McCarthy. These guys have higher ups that they have to answer to. And if lo and behold, they have a struggle, and this is is just a culture of coaches, guys. I mean, I had a coach named Mike Sherman who would leave his car outside of his office 24-7 throughout the season. But he would he would call a driver, and this is before Uber, so he'd call a driver, a taxi, to take him home. What the? What is he doing? Guess what? He's sending a message to the CEO of the Packers that they, that he works around the clock, so that if all of a sudden the wheels fall off the bus and the team's terrible, he can go and say, "I was working my tail off. You guys saw my car there, 24/7." And that's what all these guys are saying. If all of a sudden the wheels fall off and the guys aren't playing good. They're, they're not going to go to the owner or whoever they answer to and say, you know what, we didn't do everything we could. They're going to go to them and say, hey, man, we played him in the preseason. We did everything we could. So on the coach's side, it's pure CYA. It just has nothing to do with the, the philosophical approach that you need preseason games. From a player's perspective, every single one of them, if you polled them, would say, no, we don't need the preseason games. All right, well, let's just go
1: quickly to it, and obviously we'll have more with Brady Papinga uh, as we come to you from the Geico Studios. Brady, what does this do For the New England offense, we normally have another player step up time and time again. I'm already championing Austin Carr out of Northwestern. Uh, Hey, hey, funny man. What do you mean I'm (laughs) funny? Why would you do that
3: outside of the fact that he's a Northwestern guy? Well, that's a whole. But he also play. He actually plays the position (laughs) that
1: they've lost as opposed to some of the other guys that are more outside receivers. But that's okay. Uh, But anyway, so what does it do for the offense?
3: I don't think it changes, and it doesn't miss a beat. Now, Edelman is the ultimate one-on-one man-beater. I mean, you cannot – I mean, the, the Falcons tried to do last year or in the Super Bowl, and they actually start off the game pretty well at doing it, playing a man-to-man, bump, bump coverage, getting the, that Patriot offense out of rhythm. But as we saw, that ended up not working out too well for him as – you know, the Super Bowl ended the way it did. And that's just the, the, that's what a guy like Edelman will do is he'll base. Cause the thing that's tough in in defensive football, it's not like in basketball where you can go box and one, like you could try to do that, but especially with the Patriots and their array of weapons. I mean, you got Brandon Cook still, and Amendola can still step in. And then let's not forget Dwayne Allen or a tight end, a very athletic tight end that they acquired from the uh, Indianapolis Colts. He's going to be there. And then Gronkowski now, you know what you've already had even before Edelman went down an array of offensive weapons i mean they still got a bunch of guys their offense isn't going to change it's still going to be the same old stuff which is going to be brady's the guy and, and even if they didn't have all these guys i, I mentioned before they're still going to be rolling and that's because they got tom Flipping brady he's proven that i mean he's never played with a top tier wide receiver except one year in his career and he's made these other guys and they're i shouldn't say them but they've made each other i i think it's a, a symbiotic relationship but because of their chemistry and because of Edelman's special ability to beat man-to-man, they've always found a way to, to do really well. And so I don't see them falling off one bit. It's just, to me, I love Edelman in the sense that he shows up every day, brings his lunch pail, works his tail off. He deserves better to go out into a worthless exhibition dog-and-pony show and pop his ACL for no reason. So we talked about Julian Edelman, the Patriots' fear that he
2: has a torn ACL. It was reported earlier tonight by Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. More tomorrow because you know you're not getting anything from Belichick right now. But the other big (laughs) injury we're getting a little bit of clarity on, Spencer Ware was carted off of the Chiefs game tonight against the Seahawks, what the team called a right knee injury. He did not return. Adam Schefter is saying that Ware suffered a PCL injury, the posterior cruciate ligament, going to undergo an MRI Saturday. The timetable could be as little as two weeks possibly as many as eight, depending on the extent of the damage they find. This ACL, though, is thought to be fine. So, you know, moving on from here, Brady, you know, here's a running back and here's Spencer Ware. And, you know, look, I, I know they have some depth behind them. They drafted Kareem Hunt and, you know, C.J. Spiller is still kicking around. But, you know, the yeah. Chiefs, they're going to need to run the football if they're going to win.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, they'll find a way to run. I, I don't th- I don't really uh, – look, you know me. I believe that the running backs are a dime a dozen, but I like Spencer Ware a lot. He has a phenomenal – combination of size and speed and power. I actually talked to him at the Super Bowl. He was out there, you know, basically trying to get himself a new contract. And this is going to put a kink in those efforts because, uh, you know, that's when you're damaged good, all of a sudden your value just tremendously decreases. But again, I mean, a PCL too, people don't realize a PCL is one of these underrated kind of injuries that actually takes longer in some cases, not to say his will, but in some cases than an ACL. And it's because it's sort of hidden in there and the, and a lot of times instead of going in there surgically and messing around and trying to replace it or repair it that way, they just sort of let it heal. And as we saw with Ryan Tannehill, sometimes these ligaments don't heal accordingly. They don't heal like you'd want them to. So and it's you know at the running back position where you're cutting and doing all those kinds of things, this could be one that lingers for them And I wish him, again, a speedy recovery. But here we are again talking about a guy in a worthless preseason game out there running around and getting hurt. I mean, he's, uh, my goodness, it's it's just a travesty. It really is. But, uh, no, with the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, the running game is going to be vital because Alex Smith doesn't like to throw the ball downfield more than seven yards. And so they're, <laughs> they're going to have to do something, you know, to, to open up those seven-yard little cushions there. And I guess that will be their running game.
1: That's about as close to calling someone a kicker as you can. Uh, Brady Papanga with us on the line at Brady I, Papanga. I love Alex
3: Smith, trust me. He and I came out of the same draft. I love the guy, but uh, he needs to take a little bit more chances. By golly, he's got to go out on the limb. Where's the fruit? It's on the limb. If you hold on to that trunk and you're too afraid to go out on that limb and get the fruit, you're going to die of starvation. But anyway, that is absolutely metaphor right. for you there. I, I like that. It's yeah, very yeah.
1: deep as people are inebriated on a Friday night, early Saturday morning. (laughs) So, Saturday, the battle for Los Angeles, a game that when we're talking about preseason and you're saying flipping preseason games that don't count, people excited about it here, but certainly a lot of eyes on Sean McVay and what he's trying to accomplish with young Jared Goff. A lot of the glowing reviews in camp and that this is light years ahead of the offense from last year to which I say it was Jeff Fisher's Uh. offense, so that's fairly easy to... To pull from, see, so, yeah, I could do that too. Uh, but, but what are you anticipating <laughs> from this Rams offense? Is can they open it up? Is this a guy that you saw any kind of flash last year to say that he can make a leap?
3: You know, Jared Goff showed zero flashes last year. I mean, he was so beaten <laughs> down; like he looked like a guy that uh, just somehow showed up in the NFL that didn't need to belong there. I mean, it was outrageously terrible. But here's this little glimmer of hope just you know flickering there like a flame then he may got something he may he may have something i think sean mcveigh's done a fantastic job of doing the very thing that great coaches do which bill belichick this has been his trademark for the last 15 years and that is have enough scheme flexibility and enough creativity and also enough of an eye of an assessment to so bring in a guy and instead of asking him to adjust his game to a scheme you say hey this is what you do best we're going to actually adjust the scheme to you and we're going to ask you to do the very thing that made you an attractive enough player that we traded up a couple years ago, whatever it was, 18, it was, I guess a little over a year ago, to uh, to get access to being able to draft you. And I mean, doesn't that just make sense? I mean, come on. You know, last year, they were asking him to do stuff that was so foreign to him that they, that he's never done. And it's like, what are we doing here? Why are you asking him to do the very thing that, A, he doesn't do, and then you're abandoning the thing that made him so attractive for you to draft him first overall in the first place? <laughs> It doesn't make sense. But I I love, though, the acquisition of Sammy Watkins because everybody was saying how that was going to benefit Jared Goff, but it really doesn't benefit him directly. It it benefits Jared Goff indirectly in the sense that it actually is, if you're talking about who it benefits the most of the acquisition of Sammy Watkins, it's going to benefit the most the running game. And their running game now is going to see lanes that they haven't seen in years. I'm telling you, these, uh, this is that's key there because Jared Goff needs a running game to be able to take the stress off of him, play-action pass, and I mean Todd Gurley is just, I mean he's got to be smiling ear to ear the fact that Sandy Watkins is there because guys, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but when you get a guy like Sammy, you no, know, I think we talked about it. Uh, you got to get that cloud out there, guys. You got to get the cloud. And that cloud is he's a he's another safety. And if if you got a cloud over Sammy Watkins, that means you got a corner. So you got two guys dedicated to one. That's opening running lanes. Todd Gurley's got more space. And if Todd Gurley's got more space, they're gonna run the ball more effectively. If They're gonna run the ball more effectively. Then uh, Jared Goff doesn't have to feel like he's got to carry the offense all by himself. And I'm gonna tell you what. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if Jared Goff goes out there and throws for 3,000, 3,500 yards, and has a an excellent gear and everybody's like, oh. This was the guy that they drafted. This is fantastic. I, I, I do believe that is in the cards for him. You can follow him on Twitter, at Brady
2: Papinga. That's at Brady Papinga. And you can listen to him tomorrow, 1 to 5 p.m. Pacific time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. We're getting close to the college football season, a slew of NFL games. Brady, has always, appreciated and say good things about Christian Hackenberg tomorrow.
3: <laughs> well he better do some, he better do something good so he deserves something <laughs> some positive. I mean you I, I see your tweets all the time. You're just like, who is this guy? I mean this is where this is where NFL Europe should be helping somebody like this. I mean NFL this guy's out there a around <laughs>
1: Did wow. you
2: tweet that, Jason? You tweeted that, right? I think so. Yeah, the Scottish Claymores, I think. Yeah. I wish they were still there.
3: You're like, this is why we need NFL Europe. It's Hackenberg. Man. You know, I hope I can say something good about him too, man. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it, buddy.
2: You got it, buddy. fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app as we get closer and closer to Mayweather McGregor I told you earlier this hour exactly how the fight is going to go McGregor's not going to come out big early because Mayweather is too good a defensive fighter and it doesn't matter Mayweather will hold him up for a couple of rounds as he's going to do to make sure there's a show and this is what I mean when I say WWE pre-arranged outcomes <laughs> he'll hold him up for a couple of rounds eventually McGregor's going to get tired Floyd knocks him out McGregor takes home 60 million, whatever he winds up with guaranteed 30 right now a lot take of cash. On 60, whatever it yep. is and he keeps his reputation intact and Floyd keeps his reputation intact because it would be the worst thing for boxing if Floyd Mayweather lost if you're telling me the best tactical fighter in the world, even though he's 40 you can't you can't go crazy with age now because we watched George Foreman win heavyweight titles when he was forty eight years old. Uh, if that that's the the worst thing that could happen for boxing, Floyd is not going to lose. But something interesting today at the weigh in, there was a lot of discussion whether or not McGregor was going to be able to weigh in and not have to worry about cutting a lot of weight or having to weigh in again. Uh, so after Mayweather's weigh in. Here was Connor.
1: There was a lot of talk about you having trouble making weight. You did not. Yeah. 153.
2: How tough was it? 153. I'm a professional. I make weight. It's sacrifice. It's dedication. It's focus. But I make it. And that's it. Look at me. I'm, I'm in peak physical condition. I put in the work as everyone can tell. I'm ready. Suck these big artists. Okay, well, that okay. was the other no, part no. that came out of the wait, way. and wait wait, wait, wait.
1: You know, parts of... Hang on. Conor McGregor's anatomy uh, getting talked about quite a bit. He didn't say that to Jim Gray. That <laughs> would be just. It sounded seamless, though. Nice job, Nick. <laughs> the decision point two. Yeah, <laughs> hey, these
2: big, you know. Here's the way. <laughs> uh, Jim Gray. Jim, what do you think about that? Oh boy, uh, I've come a long way from uh, talking about the boys and girls club on the decision. <laughs> uh, here's the thing is that McGregor was as much as eight pounds overweight coming into, and I, I don't mean overweight, I mean over the weight limit coming into today. Right. And it's very common for fighters to be able to cut weight and cut as, as much as eight pounds in a very short period of time. Like high school wrestlers. Yeah, and... you see it all the time. Here's what I, here's, here's what I really want to know. How has this not become a diet fad? Right? How, how is this not become? you want to think about the, people the weekend who weight, weight, weight loss, the weekend weight loss. You get off of work Friday night and the weekend, you know, what? you want to cut weight. You will go to work on Monday morning, 10 pounds lighter. I mean, that's really now there's certain diets. You can lose a lot of weight in the first week. You lose 10 or 15 pounds. But this is like in two days, because this is what McGregor was talking about. Losing weight to get down in, in two days, 36 hours, losing eight to 10 pounds. How has that not become a diet fed? Where I could go, I, you know what, No, I'm doing the diet this weekend, you'll see me on Monday and Sunday, oh, you look great, you know, the water weight is gone, whatever it is. Now granted, it's Didn't also... did have some
1: of those concoctions, You but- drink it away and... How is, how Wash is that? Wash out your system kind of things. No, didn't, we, didn't we see those uh, like in 48 hours? No, no. Wasn't really. that a big infomercial thing a few years ago? Oh, but
2: just because it's an infomercial doesn't mean people use it. I mean, like the people buy the body blade, that was on TV all the time.
1: I bet did, you. Did you? Did, I bet you hundreds of thousands of people. You know, up insomniacs, the shut ins, like criminally insane. I bet you they all had a piece of buying one of those. If you
2: answer yes to this, I will say you win the argument. Did you go, even though it was on TV for years, What buy the best? Love songs of the 70s and 80s because the air supply guys
1: were talking about it on TV late at night? Well, I said only if I get a wig to emulate their hair. All right, you And when me, I got but... through customer service to ask that question, they laughed at me. Where can I get
2: all these songs on one great collection? I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Not... I mean, just because it's on an infomercial doesn't mean it's popular, but the weekend cut weight diet. Hey, if you it gets that much you will go to work play, on Monday 10 pounds lighter. How many people would say, "Yes, sign me sign up for me that." Up. It's
1: a weekend. We got to figure out figure this out then. I could just be You ready. got a reunion coming up. Pa- oh, we got it for you. There you go. There you go. Patent pending, patent pending. Look at it look like that picture that you sent out when you were on match.com. <laughs> We've lo- got something for you. Did you eat a lot this
2: week? Did you go to happy hour on Friday? Well, no matter if you put on 2 or 3 pounds, hey, we're going to take that off and more with the weekend cut weight diet. And then whatever it Gotta is. Got to come
1: up with a better name than that. But uh... yeah.
2: No, I think cut weight diet is, I mean, that's pretty, that tells you exactly what you're supposed to do. We're cutting weight.
1: Well, it's like Jimmy it's John's, weight. the sandwich shop, had the ads in Evanston all those years ago at Northwestern saying, want to lose 10 ugly pounds? Cut off your head. Instead, buy a, <laughs> buy a nice you know, sandwich from us. I'll tell
2: you what, i got to be honest. There's not a lot of bread in the world better than Jimmy John's bread. There you go. I mean, it was tough. Because, the day-old you know, stuff was pretty good, the too. Guy likes to go, to you cheap. The guy likes to go hunt jaguars and stuff, which I'm not for, but, yeah. you know, the food is really good. That you just lost is all really bread. Good. Why? Jimmy John stinks. Jimmy John's <laughs> bread is really good. So you just go there and eat plain bread? No, I get a sandwich. Have you met him.
1: You get a sandwich what, as guys? we sit and live and breathe in these Geico studios. Yeah, you think, you're think you're acting bread. like you've never met him you think, before. You think
2: I don't eat bread? What is that? Like the number
1: thirty-seven there?
2: <laughs> no, I think, it's, I think
1: the roast beef is the number four. The Big John, maybe. I think that's what yeah, it is. But in between all the sandwich yeah. names, just just a loaf of bread.
2: You know, I was really hoping. I think it was Alabama had a linebacker about ten years ago, and his name was Jimmy Johns. And I was hoping he would do well, so I could say, <laughs> and some gargantuan <laughs> things coming from Jimmy Johns. Free smells. You from still did Jimmy it anyway. John. Yeah, but no, but the guy never panned out, and it. I mean, I mean, come, that was an know?
1: endorsement. Just waiting I know, to have. He would Jimmy have been Johns. cashing uh,
2: checks oh if he was God. good
1: on the next level. <laughs> But seriously, the
2: weekend cut weight diet, how is that not All something right, that's we'll been out that there out. already? Yeah, we're Got to monetize
1: that. All right, let's go.
0: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen.
2: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
0: wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama?